it's on us to say, yes, I can do those things, but it'll cost you extra. It's just awkward to have those conversations as we go. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to talk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. In this episode and little of Little Details Bookkeeping and I, we're going to talk about pricing. Not so much how do you set up the price in the first place, but what do you do when the price needs to change? Maybe it needs to change because the client has changed their scope or they need a one-time project, or maybe it's just a general annual price increase. We encounter this both in our own businesses and when talking to other bookkeepers, and we thought this might be a really great topic to brainstorm. So we're going to brainstorm our ideas. Some of them are things that we do and some are things we've heard of. This is not to say we're going to give you the right answer or all the answers. We'd just like you to imagine that you have a cup of tea, that you're brainstorming alongside with us. And if you have any amazing ideas we forgot to mention, please post them in the Facebook group. Okay, where do you want to start? Well, what occurs, what happens that makes you decide that you need to have a price change? So for our practice or our business, it's either going to be once a year at the end of the year, Megan and I start looking at it and we're like, okay, what have we done for this client? What kind of things have we let slide? Is it we're just doing more things than we thought or expected we'd be doing? That's what's going to trigger a price change. And that's going to help identify how much of a price change. I try to raise everybody a little bit every year. I do that because I don't want a couple of years to go by and then realize I need to raise them up some sort of giant amount. So I don't think of it in terms of percentages. I might just change it, you know, $25 a month. If a client had a lot of changes or needed a lot of things or had us go back and make a lot of changes to the books after the fact and we just didn't ask them for a price change at the time, then the new price for the upcoming year is going to be bigger. Most of the time for us, it's going to be a once a year. I would like to say that I'm better at this than I am, but like do a terrible job of asking for an adjustment when it's a small favor. So like, could you just spend an hour or two doing this thing or getting this report or updating or reclassifying because I want it done different. And we're like, okay, sure. We want to be accommodating and people pleasing. And so we do. (laughs) Yes. It's easy to get in that trap. Exactly. So the only times we do a price change midstream is when the work is significant, is in like the client's asking for much different work or just a bunch of stuff that needs to get done all at once. But if it's the kind of thing that 30 minutes to an hour, as long as it's not 30 minutes or an hour every single month, we usually just don't do anything with it. So when you approach your price change, you have it in your agreement with your client that there may be a price change yearly or as needed, or how is that worded. And say, for example, you're a newish bookkeeper and you have agreements out there that don't even mention that there might ever be a price change ever. And now you are thinking, oh, wow, that was really important. I should have included that. And so how do you fix that? I don't know if our agreement says that we're going to change our price. Like it it might be somewhere in there. Lauren might have done that. Lauren being my business attorney. I don't stress it. I just let people know. Like I try to send a new agreement in October, November-ish. Okay, this is effective. And I try to give it about a 60-day window. So people have about two months notice. Like, hey, the new agreement, here's your updated scope of work because the things you needed might have changed or the services we're offering might have gotten more clear. Not that we're necessarily changing 
changing them. We just got better at describing. And we just tell people like, this is going to go in effect on December 1st. Your new price is X dollars. We'd love it if you'd stay a client. And if you want to stay a client, here's the link. What's your success rate with that? Do you have people who object or send an email back and say, I really can't agree to this new price adjustment? And if you're going to adjust your prices, I'm going to leave. It's been a while since it has happened to us. It didn't happen at all for the 23 to 24 transition. But yeah, if we're changing someone's price, it's either a little tiny bump just to make sure that I'm keeping up with cost of things because the cost of my software goes up and I make sure my team gets raises every year. If a client just cannot or will not agree to that price change, if I like the client a lot, then I'll try to offer them a different bookkeeper. If I'm okay to see them move on to greener pastures, I will just thank them and wish them well and not offer them another bookkeeper. I don't stress it. Like it's not a negotiation. I'm not looking to go back and forth and like haggle over the price. Right. So when you list in your email that you send that says, hey, we're going to have a price increase. Do you give reasons for that price increase? Do you say prices of stuff have gone up? My prices have increased or just basically, oh, we're having a price increase. I think I definitely lean more towards over having a price increase. In my brain, I do a lot of justifications of things, but I practice very hard on externally not justifying everything I do because it's not up for debate. I hope that, and I intend to just say it as a matter of fact, like here's your updated engagement letter for the upcoming year. It covers the services we're offering. Your rate is going to increase. You are currently paying $5. Now you're going to pay $7. Just so you know, if you were a brand new client, you would have been paying $10. You're just on legacy pricing. Like I will let people know what a new client would have paid so they know they're getting a good deal. Also, so that if they refer a friend with an identical business, they don't tell them friend like, oh, you're only going to pay X dollars. No, no, no. You've got a rate that you've got because we've worked together for years. Yeah, exactly. So how do you get past from like a new bookkeeper's standpoint? You've got your list of first clients that you've had. You've been working with them for about a year or a little more. And you're so grateful for them. They took you in just like you took them in (laughs) as one of your first people. And you built this relationship with them. And just the conversation, the email feels really uncomfortable. You're super friendly with them. A standard email is like, hello, our prices are increasing to this amount. It seems really cold and terrible. It's not how you would ever like talk to those people. So how do you approach that? So the price increase won't be as big as if it was a brand new client coming to you. And you can always have a preamble or a Zoom call. Like I tend to do everything as an email instead of a Zoom call. We can chat via Zoom if you need. I don't ever hop on a Zoom call to tell you something that could have been an email. I would lean towards email because of that. But you could 100% start with the warm and fuzzies. The, you know, thank you so much for being one of my first clients. I really appreciate it. Right. And then move into the facts. Like as As you know, every last one of us pays more money now than we did before for our email and our web hosting and whatever else is going on. The things that your clients see. And then you can say like, I really, really appreciate you. But I do want to let you know that I have to bump up your rates a little bit. You're definitely on legacy pricing. I appreciate you so incredibly much. I'm going to change your rate from X to Y. I feel like if you have a good relationship and you're upfront and it's heartfelt, the worst they can say is I can't afford you and we have to part ways. And the best that they can say is, I appreciate you so much. I totally get it. No problem. 
ideally, those clients are also raising the rates on their clients. And it's unfortunate, but just the cost of everything goes up for everyone. It sure does. Yeah. It's not like you're doing it as a punishment. And it's not like they're running around decreasing all their client pricing. And if they are, then they need to have a heart to heart with their business planner, whether it's them and a cup of coffee or them and their dog (laughs) or spouse. And just be like, oh, I've decided to decrease everyone's rates. And now I don't have enough money to pay my bookkeeper. Exactly. One of my very, very first clients, I don't know if he's still in business or if he's retired at this point, but he had a shop at Pike Place Market. And when he calls me, I'm just like, you don't pay for your appointments. You need something. We're just going to do it. (laughs) And there's no harm and no foul with having like super duper good legacy pricing. Right. I have another one. We've been doing a once a year bookkeeping project for this guy for years. He's basically on the name your price program. His stuff is really small and he's had some lean years and some better years. And he pays me enough for a very, very fancy dinner out. That's about it. And I'm like, okay, you tell me what your budget is and I will get it done in between my other stuff. I'm not going to prioritize it, but in exchange for you being on the Name Your Own Price program, it's just a thing because many, many years ago when I was broke, this guy hired me and I was over the moon. And so I'm like, okay, you've gotten in for life. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think it's also part of this raising the price thing is the kind of thing that's just going to take a little bit of practice. You're going to send out a few emails and just start wading through that. Put it on the list of uncomfortable emails you wish you never had to send. But I think that with some practice and doing it a few times, maybe it becomes the kind of thing that after a few years, it doesn't seem so hard and like such a big, a big ask. And you can always have the price adjustments be on the client's anniversary with you rather than a calendar. So Mm -hmm. where I might do mine in the fall, someone else might just be like, okay, my client came to me in March. They get their price increase in March. So it's not this like big pile of anxiety once a year. It's like little drips. Another approach is whenever you take on a new client, every new client pays more than the last. So you're really just raising your prices every time you take on a new client. So then your legacy clients are going to pay less, but it's going to kind of level out a little bit with the new clients paying more. That's a great idea. I mean, you win some, you lose some. That's how I look at it. What about you? Have you gone through price adjustments yet? No, but it's time. That's why I'm here today. Yeah, no, that's great. Have you seen anything in groups or in conversations with people where you're like, oh, I like that idea, whether you want to implement it for yourself or you just like it from afar? (laughs) Well, I've done a lot of searching where I've like pulled up every price increase letter that I can find, read through those, combining them all on my Notion page. Example, most of those, as we were talking about before, they seem kind of cold. They just seem very businessy and not a conversation you would have with a client that you were very friendly with and you felt like you had more of a personal relationship with, I guess. But one thing about stating what your price is and not feeling weird about that is Veronica Wasik says just to practice saying it out loud. The price for this service is this. And she's like, look in the mirror and keep saying that to yourself. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. And I think I need to apply that to price increases. Yeah, you got to be able to say it without it sounding like a question. Your price increases 500? (laughs) 
<laughs> Precisely. Years ago, I saw Don Brolin present and she was at the front of the room at an accounting conference and she said, you need to stand in front of the mirror, talk to yourself. You're going to say, my name is Rachel and I charge $500 an hour. She's like, if you get comfortable saying that, then when you tell your client whatever your real price is, you're going to think it's a freaking bargain because you charge $500 an hour. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's really good. Like, I don't want to practice the real number. I want to practice the crazy number so that I feel so good about the real number that it's just, what a great deal. <laughs> right. I'm being so kind to these people. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's not about maximizing your price. It's about charging what you need to charge because there's just so much that goes into running a business. It's different and it's an awkward adjustment from being an employee where you're like, gosh, I hope I get a 3% raise. You're looking at your expenses and you're like, uh, this went up by more than 3%. I need to cover the increase in my expenses and I, the human, need to take home more money because my personal bills went up by more. Right. And for bookkeepers too, who are working so long, you're doing everything. You are actually doing the bookkeeping and you may have in your head sort of an hourly rate you think you should be making for that or you would like to make for that. But you have to include all the admin time that's going on behind the scenes because it's a significant portion of your day. I mean, I'm pretty new and I can certainly spend a whole day working on admin things, getting everything organized and getting everything in place and the initial conversations with clients that you have come up with their price. It takes a significant amount of time and that has got to be covered somewhere. Yeah, that's totally valid. It's good reminders that when you're adjusting the price, it's not just because you spent extra time in bank feeds. Exactly. It's because you had a bunch of stuff that happened within your business and the money has to come from somewhere and you just kind of spread it around all the clients and all the projects and all the things and no one thing gets too big of an increase, but all your costs mm -hmm. and times are covered. Right, because if you ended up adding someone eventually to do admin for you, then you would really see that expense. It would be a payroll or a subcontracting expense. And doing all this behind the scenes yourself, you're not really feeling it in the wallet. You're just feeling it for time. Yeah, that's totally valid. I recognize you can work more because the VA does stuff. But realistically, just because you have the availability doesn't mean the clients are there. <laughs> exactly. So what about the client comes to you and they want a big project and they're like, oh, could you just spend the next 10 hours working on this thing for me? I have an idea. <laughs> Has this happened? And have you been able to turn to them and say, I'm happy to do it, but I'm going to need to charge you extra for this thing? No, I'm not asked and charge them extra for the thing. Yes. <laughs> I typically just try to be a helpful person and do it. I don't mind doing it because, oh my gosh, I'm being helpful and they're so happy. So I need to dial into that and go, oh yeah, this is an extra service. I'm happy to help with this. This will take me some amount of time and this price is attached to that. Yeah, I feel the same. We will sometimes ask for for the extra money if it takes extra time. Many times we don't. I wish that we did because the extra time means that when a potential project comes in, we have to tell the client like, oh, we'd love to do this, but we can't start on it until two weeks or three weeks out because we've done all these little things for other people that take the time. So that means possibly losing the new client or just delaying working on their stuff. A mutual friend of ours, I was talking to her in Messenger and we were talking about, I said that it's, it's hard for me to let people take responsibility 
responsibility for their own happiness. And yes. she said she needs a stop people pleasing challenge for 2024. I feel like I need that too. Yes. Which I'm all for being helpful. I love being helpful. I want to do all the things. But when it turns into somehow we're going to do an extra three to 20 hours worth of work because mm-hmm. someone asked and we just felt awkward asking them to pay for the extra time. Then I'm like, oh, dang it. <laughs> like this time came from somewhere, whether it came from a potential client or it just cut into my puzzle time. It came from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Megan and I had a client that emailed and said, oh, could you go back to 2021 and just reclassify a bunch of things? And so I was like, yeah, we can do it, but we need to charge you extra. So we came up with a number that was big enough that we felt like, yeah, it's fair and small enough that it it didn't feel like anything extravagant. We're basically asking for the equivalent of two nice dinners. Do I really, really need Megan to spend a couple hours or more doing this thing? If we're going to like add that to the to-do list, you've got to pay a little extra for it. Getting back to the rate changes, I aim give 45 to 60 days notice. Do you have a sense of what you found online for how much notice to possibly give people or a sense of what you might give people when you figure it out? <laughs> like you're well, not going to change it effective tomorrow. <laughs> basically, what I've learned from my online research is that put it in your agreement, there may be annual rate increases as necessary. And then also give them at least several months notice. So it's not a surprise for them and they don't feel like they were caught off guard. Yeah. That makes sense. I like it. I appreciate the notice, especially when I'm the one receiving the increase. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, oh, that's one more thing on the to-do list. I have to remember to tell the people, pick the rate, tell the people, change the agreement closer to time (laughs) and turn off the old billing, turn on the new billing. All that admin stuff we were just talking about (laughs) comes into play, right? Just to even get their rate changed right? cost you time to do it. So It's true. And that's not even general admin. That's admin specific to a client. Well, it's all things that you need to think about, really. It'd be great to hear this early in your career. (laughs) And even when you're pricing jobs, think about it from the view of, okay, in a year, I'll be increasing that probably to about whatever that would be in your head. Have that in your mind from the very beginning. This is our entry level and here's where we're going. Yeah. If you think about it from the beginning and just let the client know like, hey, look, you're getting the new clients. I'm new in business, the whatever special. We're going to revisit it in about a year and we'll see what it is then. So reluctant to predict how much I'm going to charge you a year from now because you're going to be reluctant to predict all the things you're going to want from me. Because whatever you ask for today and what you ask for a year from now are probably different things. <laughs> and most clients too, it's like the longer you work for them, or at least I have found in my short career, mm-hmm. is that they begin expecting more and more things for you to do. They learn very quickly that you are a people pleaser and that you do want to help. As time progresses, your responsibilities grow from that very first agreement that you sent, that very first scope of work. There's all these little things. It's just so easy. What do they call it? Scope creep. You realize pretty quickly that you're doing about double what you originally thought you were going to be doing. I totally experienced that. I understand it. I don't think it's malicious. I think people are just really excited when they find someone who's awesome and they're like, can I have you do more things? It's on us to say, yes, I can do those things, but it'll cost you extra. It's just awkward to have those conversations as we go. I had a conversation with Seth David about this once where I was like, how do you address the scope creep? And he just said that you've got to, every single time something changes, implement a change in the price for that thing, even if it's a tiny change 
in price. So you're never caught off guard doing twice the work for half the money. And I'm like, yeah. So had that conversation in 2023. We'll really try hard to implement it in 2024. Yes, yes let's do. <laughs> let's do. Let's talk about this again in a year and see if we were good or if we weren't. Exactly. <laughs>